Stop swilling your water and intro. Stop telling me what to do. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Bench Units podcast. Uh, I, James McSorley, am here with Mark Caulfield. As always, we're going to talk a little bit about the few wheelchair basketball games that happened this weekend. We're going to fill time by talking about what happened last weekend. And yeah, you guys have sent in some questions. Some are interesting for different reasons or others, but yeah. Looking forward to getting to it. Mark, how's it going? Not bad, thanks. We didn't, our message obviously landed because we didn't get any weird questions this time, but I don't know. Well, we got some weird ones, but not weird in a way that made us uncomfortable. So thank you to anyone who's taken on the advice. And also I've had a couple of messages from people being like, can I have the version of the podcast with the weird questions in, please? I was like, no, we, we, it wasn't a case of like, we recorded these and then thought it was best to chop them out. It was that we saw them come in and were like, get these people out of here. So, please, please remind me to ask you who asked for the answers to the weird questions, <laughs> because that's terrible. That's almost <laughs> as bad as asking them. Yeah, no, I, th- I think rather than the answers, I think people were like intrigued to know what the questions were and probably to see what Amy's reaction was. Like, rather than know the details of what was asked or well i guess what was answered people were like was it that bad when you asked me i was like amy is actually as much of a big deal as we made about it amy's the perfect person to have weird questions sent in for because we briefed her on them ahead of time she was like yeah go ahead ask them it'll be great we were like absolutely not this is we understand if you think this is funny but we don't because we gotta keep this shit right so yeah of course yeah we've um got bits and bobs to cover there's obviously been a ton of games cancelled this weekend that's just been um james your game got cancelled he did i didn't have to go to vigo which was nice what did you do instead what did i do instead well so vigo for anyone who has lived or played in spain for and there you will already know it's quite far away from a lot of places. So I had basically expected to be away all weekend. We were gonna leave Friday. I think my we were gonna leave Friday, like early afternoon for a game that tipped Saturday at 6 30. So I had basically written my whole weekend off. So ended up having Friday without anything to do, which was super nice. Um Saturday, uh my wife went away for the day to somewhere near Bilbao with a friend of hers to kind of have a look around and enjoy herself. And I, I guess, obviously, she thought I wasn't going to be here. And I ended up just like milling around Bilbao on my own for the day, which was super nice. Um, so, yeah, nothing. Um, drank a lot of coffee. You should have given me a nice shout. Time. I could have, could have flown over for a romantic weekend once Anna was out of the picture. Well, that would have been nice, but it's kind of weird but not sad but seems sad when someone's like what are you gonna do and it's like yeah i'm gonna spend some time on my own and it's gonna be lovely yeah um the older i get the more i realize that's a bit of a skill and it's one i didn't possess when i was younger and i was worse off for it so yeah um had a nice time chilling um did very little this weekend so it was super nice to not have to make the long drive to Vigo however that does mean we're gonna have to do it at some point in the middle of two games next week like next year at some point or later on this year sorry yeah um so it's all fun and games not having to go this weekend until it's 
away game to Mercia and back, away game to Vigo on the Wednesday and back, <laughs> away to Albacete the Saturday afterwards, oh, which man. is a possibility. Yeah. That's um, cool. but could, you guys think... not, could you guys not do what the NBA teams have been doing and just been calling around like every, I guess the equivalent is like every second division team that's within like a two hour driving distance and be like, can you send your players here and we'll suit them up for us so we don't have to reschedule this game. Obviously, uh, you, I don't you know, know if bringing strangers in is the best way to control the spread of COVID. No, but well, I, I don't know. It's no, really no. unfortunate, but I think I know the guys that are involved with with my team that haven't been able to play are doing all right, which is nice. Okay. So I hope that is the same for everyone because five games got called off, so that's at least fifteen COVID cases. Yeah, which is least. not nice. Um, and presumably a load of those are more than that because there'll be, I imagine there's COVID cases on both sides If because of how early in the week a lot of them were called off. I don't imagine this was a case of one team having a couple of guys out and being like, let's weather the storm and see if these guys test negative by the time it's time to roll. But yeah, you know, I, I imagine I, there's a lot more than 15 cases to get those five games called off. Yeah, and I think the thing is as well, obviously, like in theory, it's, I don't actually know for each region in Spain, but it's either a seven or a 10 or a 14 day quarantine. Most places it's seven or 10. So you could, in theory, miss two games. Like it could be three cases in the last two game weeks, call a game off, which is pretty grim. And obviously it's all based on testing. So if you happen to test positive, even after your certain amount of days, I don't really remember specifically how the rules dealt with that, but they didn't seem very long winded. So I don't know how much they actually have written down for that. When I saw that announced in Spanish, part of me was like, should I use my university degree and translate this into English and post it for anyone who cares? But yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, maybe, maybe not the wisest thing to do because all you have to do is post that with like a couple of tiny things misunderstood and change the meaning dramatically, and then be on the hook for loads of ah, I'm I'm on the ball. I no, wouldn't. I, <laughs> I know, I know, I know, I know, I know. But I just love to be like that. Wouldn't happen. I'm great at this. <laughs> do you ever see that? Like from like obviously you did Spanish at A level and you si, went si, to si, Italy, okay. like. Si, senora. Did you ever see things that were translated into English that you were just like, all this takes was for you to run this by? Yes. <laughs> you just need someone who speaks, an Italian person who speaks English to do it, and then an English person, that's English-speaking person that speaks Italian to like read it and be like, yes, yeah. this makes sense. Like, you don't need to pay two translators. You need to pay a translator, and then you need to like be like, Yes or no? Cool. Done. <laughs> like, it's yeah. shocking the amount of things that are badly translated. But I, I guess it's just Googled a lot of no, the time. Google is Translate is so flawless. I don't understand how it's the, how people... Any, any any foreign language students happening to be listening to this, use wordreference.com. It's yeah. way better. Uh, <laughs> there's my, I went to uni and did a language tip of the day. I was just going to say, sh- ever. shout out to Word Reference for my Spanish A-level. Because... <laughs> It's about all that got me through. Um, anyway, we'll, I guess the, the flip side of this, as you mentioned, stuffing games in between 
like random Wednesdays and stuff, we're going to have some packed out weekly roundups at some point in the yes. next however many weeks of the season. So we're going to have to figure out how to deal with that. But we're probably this is gonna... my this is my request for all the good teams that are playing like lower down teams in their leagues and the weekends that are jam packed with jam packed with extra fixtures. Please blow them out so that we don't have to talk about them. That's all <laughs> I want. Like. Yeah. If you're the best team in your league and you're playing the third worst team in your league, win by 35 so that we don't need to consider yeah. it. That is all I want. The the, sa- the same algorithm we use for writing up some of the games from the Euros where it's like, hey, if this is, I don't know, um, Germany versus Switzerland and it's a 45-point game, like you're not getting more than a paragraph or maybe a sentence or maybe just the word next and the... Like, yeah, there's a certain point at which no roundup does anybody any justice. Um, also, I, I'm thinking about a certain, like, a, a weekly thing that I might start putting on our sub stack, and I haven't run it by you. Oh, cool, do it like then. creatively in, in any way off like air at all. But I'm just thinking of like, and I'm staying saying it on here so that I hold myself to it. I'm gonna do like a basically like a Zach, Zach Lowe 10 things column, but it's just going to call, be called things I liked. <laughs> it's just like three or five or whatever number I think of. I'm going to see how many I can get the first time and then try and hold myself to that of just like random guy performs this amount, like performs this well. And I thought it was cool or team runs this play, which I thought was it. like, and just keep it real vague, but keep it just like eh, things I liked. But I think I'm going to start trying to crank those out. So okay, that's cool. We'll keep an eye out. It's all very vague, but it's just a way for me to not like have to talk about anything that I don't <laughs> want to ever, which is the dream. Yeah, that's a selective. Um, is the equivalent of selective memory, but in written word, I guess. Um, yeah. So. We'll jump on to, as we mentioned, there's only been one game take place in Spain this week. And I think this has kind of been a big week. I don't know about you, but this has been a big week for my ego individually because, A, we hit 2,000 listens uh, in the last, I think it was like February 5th, we set our own platform up, but we didn't really use it because we didn't know what we were doing. So in less than a calendar year, we've hit 2,000 listens, which oh, yeah, thanks guys, isn't a lot in the terms of like people doing real podcasts but is also five a day (laughs) but but is also definitely more than we would have expected um so thank you for that and secondly the one spanish league game that took place was burgos versus las rosas and we got 15 votes for Burgos to take this game and I think four for Las, Ro- Las Rosas. Some mm-hmm. ridiculous topsy-turvy level of voting because Las Rosas won this game and I think this is officially the sign that me at least and possibly you because you actually maybe bring up the whole Burgos thing more than I do now. But I think I've swayed public opinion to the point where people think Burgos are good even though there's very little hard evidence of that. So thank you, everybody, for humoring me, at least in the form of your votes. I don't know. Might people just think Las Rosas are bad, potentially? Well, I'd, I'd, I'd like not to not give you the credit for swaying <laughs> public opinion on this, but I don't know. Um, but yeah, did you watch this game? Yeah, I caught 
the whole first half jumped out for a bit in the third quarter and then was back into it. So I feel like I actually probably missed the most important swing of the game because it was a 16-7 quarter for Las Rosas. Um, but yeah, I think it was just kind of a a bit by bit grinding down um, is the probably least elegant way to describe it. But um, I think I've wondered on here a couple of times when Christian Gomez was showing up to Las Rosas and he I completely up. forgot he was meant to. <laughs> I was like, what is he doing here? That's cool. Um, he showed up and got 20 shots up. So he's been like, hey, guys, I've not played the first half of the season. I've got these ones burning a hole in my pocket. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I think we've done our whole shtick about um, Salvador Zavala as well and his kind of slow motion um kind of worm his way into a post up and then just shoot it and they've now effectively got the meme where spider-man's pointing at himself with those guys and if that's enough to beat burgos then that's probably maybe the cap on what this team is i don't see them being markedly any better because gomez has turned up but maybe i i I think he makes them a little better although i think um do these guys now beat Viadolid? Is that the limit? I don't I don't know. Also, Kano still isn't there. He just yeah. didn't get back after Christmas, I don't think. And I don't know. Like I, I hope everything's fine, is my thing. Like I don't where, know. Like where I, is Kano from? He is Puerto Rico, I think. I think so. I have I have that in my mind. Apologies yeah. if we're incorrect on that. We'll leave it for the correction section next week. But um No, I think he's Puerto Rican. I I someone has told me that. But yeah, I don't know whether it's COVID or COVID restrictions or travel or whether I hope it's nothing. Basically, yeah, best wishes from bench units is is what I'm saying here. I hope I hope you're all right. And I, I look forward to seeing you get back into the league and average 18, which is a thing that's happening. He's averaging 18 and 10, man. Yeah, what a guy. Getting his numbers up. We'll, we'll, this year's wheelchair game Miles Bridges, I think, in terms of like, hey, where did this guy come from? Except I think Canada's been around long enough that it's maybe even less expected. Yeah. I, what's the NBA equivalent for a guy that it's like, okay, maybe you've taken a step down from like Malaga to Las Rosas is a step down according to league rankings, but they've just been like, here's the keys. Off you go. Yeah. Um, who, who has that? I. Uh, my first thought was Gordon Hayward or Terry Rozier when they went to Charlotte, but it's Lamelo's show now, isn't it? I think Terry Rozier pre Lamelo turning up, going from Boston to Charlotte, and then being like, "Hey, we think you're good enough to do this," and he's like, "Hey, thanks. I also think that." Yeah, um, I'm just looking at his stats. Like it's mad. Like he had six against us, but if it wasn't for that, he'd be averaging like 20 out a game. Yeah, <laughs> 14, 31, 16, 15, and 26. In his other games, he's a good player. Man. What what's his like? Is he anything better than good player on bad team? Like I struggle to. If he played at Vigo, a Vigo any better than middle of the pack like they are already? Uh might be a little better. Yeah. Like if they, if you put him there instead of another three, like yeah, if you put him there on top of what they have, of course they're better. I think, but like. Um, yeah, I think he's good, but obviously, it's like it's a weird one where Malaga got better this year, but they obviously added a lot of other stuff as well. And I don't know, 
I, I don't know, man. I just think I have a lot of fun just watching someone just like pour 31 in against good teams. <laughs> Even if it's like just people having a lot of points in a, in a game that they're losing, but still just going for it is fun yeah. to watch to me. And I don't know why. Speaking, but, of, speaking of which, Andre Magic on the Burgos side with his regular... 20 points with 50%. You couldn't write it. The, the MVP of the European Championships, as voted by me. <laughs> um, you just love a 1-5. <laughs> he's working, man. He's so you yourself, that's not true. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's not true. Um, yeah. <laughs> I used to be one, but it doesn't really work anymore. <laughs> um, yeah, Burgos... Didn't get a whole lot of anything in this game. Um, Macek with 20, Lee with 10, but on 14 shots. And then next two scorers after that being a combined five for 20 is is tough going. Um, yeah. Especially, I think maybe this is where the Gomez thing comes in on the last Rosas side, but I think if he hadn't been there, maybe Burgos have a shot on this, but I think Gomez is kind of his own source of shot creation because no matter if he has a good shot or not, he absolutely will shoot it. Whereas yeah, he's maybe- massive as well. Like there's a certain yeah. amount of he's not like Lee Lee Manning type giant, but like he's big dude. Yeah, like he, he's big and he loves a fadeaway more than life itself. Yeah, he like takes a certain amount of shots that it, like he's just gonna get off and like obviously yeah. he shot forty percent on them so. Eh, whatever but yeah he, he makes them better and he's also like he's not young like he's 37 I think he's 37 but he's their youngest forward by a couple of years how old is Zavala must be I think he's 51 I'm gonna say he must be 50 at least he's Cantero's 45 Zavala is uh, according to the website he's 49 sorry excuse me wrong side I knew he was one year either side of 50 i was just wrong but also that's amazing that's so cool um um (laughs) my my dad would love that my dad is such a fan of like any like sports person at any level whether it's like premier league footballers or whether it's nba players who are like 40 ish he's like how cool is that and it's like hey it's fine i know that you like the older guys but like doing well but like you're, you're 60 and we're never good at football <laughs> fine like <laughs> yeah. i wonder if that's like being like well are you saying i've got a chance yeah it's like well you know if this guy looks anything like this when he's 60 maybe i can just drop right in his place um yeah ridiculous so i get this is about it from the spanish league as we said but this was probably i think not the result I expected, so fair play to Las Rosas. And is this further reason for me to be even further down on Burgos than I've already had to get throughout the season? Or do we think Burgos have any saving grace at this point? Um, well, we play them next weekend, so I don't want to like say something and then have to come on and take it back next week. <laughs> um, no, I think they'll like, I think they'll stay up. Um, and it's just like Lee and Ormacek trying to have good games and hope for the best and hope the other guys chip in. But when you have really inefficient games from one of your two main scoring outputs, 
and also Arredondo doesn't chip in with efficiency, yeah. you're going to have a bad time. I've been saying earlier, they're just not the same without Will Bonner, and ha- not having Phillips any more probably doesn't help. Probably not, although they do have a bald guy with a bit of a beard, and I wonder if they're just hoping that if they like throw him the ball on the three-point line, people will like, forget <laughs> and jump him. That, Is that their great idea to create space? That almost definitely has to be the plan. Yeah. Um, cool. Yeah, nice. I don't know, man. Like, Will Bonner actually would have played and probably would have done okay. <laughs> yeah, he probably would, but never mind. Maybe he'll get... In. Can you imagine if they like got back in touch with him and were like, if they thought he was the difference and not Philipski, and they're like, hey, can we bring you back mid-season? <laughs> That's probably not happening. Misdiagnosing that is wild. But anyway, <laughs> we have spent far too long on the one game. We have. Where do you want to jump next? Uh, should we go Germany this week? Yeah, let's do it. So okay. I think we've had this conversation a couple of times previously. Um where I think everyone who watches the German league knows that the top two teams are Landil and Thuringen, or at least I hope everybody who's watched the German league for more than five minutes knows that. We yeah, you should. Have, and if you don't know, now you know. You do. You're welcome. Um, we've had the discussion about whether Hanover or uh, Rhine River Rhinos were the third best team. And we kind of went into this one hoping that it would answer the question for us in entertaining fashion, and it did answer the question for us in probably less entertaining fashion than we were hoping for, because yes. Hanover minus Mariska, who I think has ongoing COVID symptoms, so hope you're feeling yes. all right, Mariska. Get well soon. Yes. Um, yeah, Hanover very much shut the door on this question, because this was a was this a 19-point game in the end? If are my what are my maths saying? Yes, it was yeah. correct. So, I guess that answers that. Hanover look good in like they play weird lineups sometimes, and probably more so because Mariska plays as a three and she was out, so they lost some flexibility. But they look probably not good enough to challenge the top two teams. But it makes me feel like it's a bit of a shame that there isn't anyone they kind of feel now a bit more like they're in a tier of their own in the german league and i don't know for a fact if they're involved in euro league um which would be a good test to see them go up against some i had this thought like i was looking i think just because my frame of reference is the spanish league on a kind of being here and the games being more readily available but i was like who do they beat or not beat in the spanish league um but yeah, man. And also it's a weird one to say that they're sort of concretely in the third spot in our minds, especially because just before Christmas, Ryan River Rhinos had a very good game against Landil. Yeah, they did. But I don't, I don't know why Ryan River Rhinos didn't bring it in this one, but I know they absolutely did not. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, Hanover looked real good, man. I was, I was really impressed. Hanover look good. Uh, we've talked Big fan about... of all the Yans. Three Yans in, in double figures. Who's Jan Gans, Jan Haller, and Jan Sadler. I thought Jan Sadler looked very good. 17 six. I can't read the, the German stats. <laughs> no, the, the German stats really don't prop us up a whole lot. But um, 
Now, I think Hanover are a decent man. That, I think, is he a 3-5 Alexander Bud? He was yeah, like he was so. slotting shots away, uh, just like posting up edge of the key and being like, give me that. And, yeah, man. And they did. Um, yeah, they yeah. look really good. And also, I mean, Bigoda looks looks like he either is or will be the real deal. Yeah. He, can, he can move. He can play with or without the ball. He's bigger than I kind of thought he was. And obviously, I've seen him play before, but kind of plays bigger than I thought he did because he, like, I've seen a lot of guard stuff. Yeah, um, seen a lot of the ball in his hands. Um, but yeah, he looked looked really good, which is, is good to see. Is he bound for another team sometime soon, or his, is his career progression going to be that he just levels up as he appears to be doing and takes Hanover with him? Because that would be great. I don't know. Uh, I guess play well enough, you can do whatever you want. Um, play well enough, end up in Spain, as the wheelchair basketball motto seems to go. It'd be cool to see him in Spain, but also like it's cool to see more new, I say new players, more players new in the European leagues spread across different teams because it's just more teams to watch. Like I know, like that's another player that make, will make people want to watch Hanover United, which is cool. Yeah. Do Not we, that I didn't before, like as I say, a big big fan of all the Jans. But yeah. sorry if I'm not if I'm not pluralizing German words properly. <laughs> but uh, also, yeah. why would I know how to? I'm not speaking German right now, so I guess I don't have to. Yeah. Anything on the Wiesbaden side? Um, I Lou Hard one is cool and. Had some nice finishes down the middle of people tripling off him and him just being like, I'm taking this right to the rack. Yeah, he's a good he's a good player, man. I watching the game, I felt like they're I feel like I've watched them probably a disproportionate amount compared to how much of the German league I have watched, but they looked a little bit shapeless in terms of lineups they were using and kind of what they wanted to be running. They there was tons of scenarios where it was like Jim ended up screening for Lou and it's like, you guys have three bigs out there who are all crammed in six feet of space on the other side and you've got a one and a two five trying to run the offense. Uh, I wasn't... And a one that can actually shoot the ball as well. Yeah. Like, it, I don't know, man. What's their coaching situation? Because they had the name of their coach on their on the like team list and it was a guy that I haven't heard of but I thought Adam what's his name McMullen was out or he said he was out there coaching them this season he'd moved there was like a roll article about it I so, had also heard that but I don't know yeah I, I I don't know I know I don't know anything about that obviously it's not happening yeah. or not happened yet um but I don't know yeah, this is speculation on our behalf at this point, but I think whoever is running the show there isn't using all the pieces to the their maximum potential. Yeah, um, they might just be... I, it's like, best case scenario is it's like unintentionally just letting things fall where they fall, or if there's intent to put people in the wrong spots, that's obviously not great. Yeah, uh, I... I thought there was a lot of offenses where um, Aaron Young just ended up mismatched. Like, not 
massively in what you would call advantageous shooting position, like two feet out from the edge of the key with like not a tiny guard on it. And they were just like, here, have it and shoot it. It's like you guys yeah. can almost definitely get something better than this if you move the ball around for five seconds before being yeah. like, there you go, shoot that. And the thing is, she's really, really good at yeah. it for a long time now. So like that's a shot that she's going to make. But also you can, you as a team and as a coach can kind of scheme to make things easier for your guys. Like there's no point being like, eh, this is a shot we can make. Yeah. Like as your whole theory, and I'm sure it isn't, but I just mean. Yeah. Hey, she's good enough that we can settle for bad shots. Isn't really, (laughs) isn't a game plan that you would think anyone would come out with in words, but it looked like it was what was happening. I'm sure that's that's not actually the case, but yeah, I know what you mean. Like, it's one of those things where it's like, I yeah, if you just like got people to spots that maybe help them out five percent, ten percent more, you'd be a lot more successful. Yeah. And that's not that's not sort of breaking news at all, but that <laughs> kind of seems to be the observation. Yeah. Um, anything else? Um, that was about it for me. I. The only yeah. other thing was us um, remembering that Ryan River Rhinos have a player called Chase Wolf and wondering <laughs> if there's anyone else in the world whose name is an inadvisable action. <laughs> like anyone else's name that doubles up as something that you shouldn't do. Yeah. Um, we, yeah. We, we can like screenshot our WhatsApp conversation when we realized this was the case but i don't think we came out with anything that was actually as good as chase wolf itself oh no also like we're, we're not making fun of anyone or anything we just i just noticed this it was like that's interesting <laughs> anyway i've also i also think he's he's kind of good and yeah he's a de- decent player man. but they my other um other thing from vspun is i think they hamburg Hamburg, uh, Hanover play like a decent balance of size, but I don't think any of their guys are massive. They kind of have the Grand Canaria model from the last few years. Um, and I think some of the Wiesbaden guys are decidedly bigger and more physical than some of the Hanover guys are, and I don't think they leverage that. No. many Like Matthias Guntner, um, I think, is about eight feet tall, and <laughs> it's like they, approximately yeah they i don't know he they seemed really lackluster they play transition a lot and they get inside a lot in all the games i've seen and that didn't seem to be there it was like i'm sure hanover were like well established in what they were doing defensively but Wiesbaden just looked like they lacked the oomph for this game i don't know yeah like they had like that great game they played against Landell, Guntner had 16, as did Andre Hopp. Yeah. Aaron Young had 11. Like they had their that three forwards in in double figures. I knew you said triple figures there. My God. <laughs> in double figures there. And like, as you say, that just seemed to not be, that just wasn't there. Yeah. Like they ended up, those guys ended up with, I suppose, like, 10, 9, and 8. But yeah, that's collective, that's collectively what what were the first set of numbers? 16, 15, and 11. I think so. And I've then, already forgotten, but yeah. Yeah. So you've got you've effectively dropped 
I guess between those three combined scorelines, you've dropped 14 points-ish. Yeah, you've dropped approximately what the game ended up being. Yeah. So, right. yeah, um, there you go. Yeah, I don't know. Funny how these numbers seem to always work. It's funny how numbers always seem to like <laughs> land somewhere stuff. exact and they tell a story. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think the only thing coming away from this is if these teams played each other again, be, I don't know if they still have to play each other again in the league or if there's playoff games or whatever when they do, but I would be stunned if it was another comfortable 20-ish point win for Hanover if they were to match up again. It just this feels like an outlier more than for some reason more than I can explain, given that I haven't tracked either of these two teams overly intimately. But yeah, Yeah. I I just don't I don't think there's 20 points of separation between them if we repeat the sample size. No, I don't think so either. But I hope not, because it'd be like that has the sort of makings of a game I would enjoy to watch again if it was a little closer. Shall right, we, shall we move on? Shall we hit this other German game? Because I've got a bone to pick with the statisticians on this oh, one. Oh, yes. So, for, first up, first up before we five. get anywhere, Dirk Passavan, have you looked at these stats already? Uh, yes, sorry. Okay. okay, no worries. We don't have to play the Dirk Passavan game. Uh, yeah, he had 27 just for anyone else playing at home. Thanks for playing <laughs> a lot. <laughs> So yeah, Hamburg 95, Trier 72. Because defense, as we've always preached on the Bench Units podcast, is entirely optional. <laughs> it's for losers. <laughs> That's well, not true. I do not believe that. I think I, I was uh, gonna I was gonna say, well, defense is for winners because Hamburg won, but Hamburg letting Trier score 72 isn't exactly a showcase of defense being for winners, is it? Yeah, um, given someone 27 and three other guys also in double figures. Yeah, man. But uh, pace has a lot to do with it. And like I think pace not being tracked in wheelchair basketball is a real sort of pitfall when people refer to stats for anything like that. Like, goes both ways where coaches will be like, ah, I can't believe you, like, you conceded this many points. And it's like, yeah, but if you look at the pace we're playing at, the amount of offences and scale it to the amount of offences or defences we traditionally play in a game, like it might actually scale up. Yeah. Like uh, the points conceded per possession or the other way around where like some teams play extraordinarily slow and people think their defences are great and they might be, but like that was a big thing that I thought in Gran Canaria every so often. I also think our defence ended up pretty good because we had some like mobile smart people and we were also playing 17 and a half points all the time (laughs) but like like we also played slow as hell so of course we got into the 60s most games like but anyway sorry i will get off my wheelchair basketball doesn't have the infrastructure to have advanced analytics soapbox um it's but to that point I don't know how many games we could make a case for you, but these two teams, just in terms of actual shot attempts, got up 139 shot attempts between them in 40 minutes and wow. 24 yeah. free throws. So that's what, 12 extra possessions, if we're being flat about it. So that's over 150 offenses in 40 minutes, which is pretty nuts. Um, yeah. I don't know. It's the high score. 
yeah i don't know what that works out to and you could probably do that divided by 24 to see how quick the average offense was but let's not do that while we're recording because we'd probably get it wrong and then look like idiots should we revolutionize the game by doing not even advanced stats but we should call them like intermediate statistics (laughs) yeah um so anyway here's my issue with this one first up first up shout out to Mujtaba Kamali who got 39 points up in 26 minutes of action (laughs) this is Um, the one can I just say as well this is the one game out of all the German league and and the Spanish league that I hadn't watched about an hour before we started (laughs) and then I saw these stats and I was like ah god I'm gonna have to go back and watch this aren't I yeah um so yeah, his chair apparently broke. So hope you get that sorted. But he played twenty six minutes, got up thirty nine points. Legend. And I would be entirely inclined to believe that that had happened if it weren't for the following statistical anomaly. So Ali Amadi, who is the captain and I think coach of Hamburg, played forty minutes, had twenty nine points of his own on 12 of 23 shooting. He got 11 rebounds and according to the stats, got 23 assists. So that's a hell of... 23 assists is arguably more impressive than 39 points in 26 minutes, depending on who you ask. But yeah, here's the deal. So Hamburg as a team made 39 shots they had 33 assists, so that means all that all but six shots that they made were assisted. And Ali Amadi had 23 of the 33 assists, but he had 12 made shots of his own. So the only way that can work is that he assisted himself at least twice in order to leave 10 assists for everybody else. And as we all know, that can't happen. Make it make sense. What's not clicking? Make it, it doesn't add up. It's, yeah, it's, this is beyond me. And <laughs> it's a real shame because it, sh- it throws his teammates' high-scoring game into question because I don't ah. know if I can trust these stats or not. Well, I don't know, man, because the points all have to add up to the <laughs> amount that is on the score sheet and also the scoreboard. So, like, I don't doubt that he had 39. I just doubt how many of them were assisted or not. Yeah, like that's probably that's so funny. <laughs> like that's- just looking at this and being like, "This is impossible." Is great. Yeah, this actually can't add up. And I won. The only thing I can think is they were tacking on assists for free throws, which maybe honestly they, they might do because uh, Kamali made eleven free throws, and I wonder if like if Ali Amadi passed him the ball and he got fouled, did they count like one assist per made free throw? Because to be fair, I would respect that. I do often think that if you throw someone a pass that they're going to score from and then they get fouled, but they get put, like you have passed someone into points like, yeah. and the game clock doesn't run the whole time. So there's nothing that happens in between really. Like, yeah. No, that's fine. But it, even, that's not the rule, so they shouldn't be doing that. They but. shouldn't be doing that. And if that were to be the rule, you should only get one assist for like a pair of made free throws because, or you you certainly shouldn't be able to get two for two well, made free throws. I think you get. I think you should just get 
an assist if someone makes one of their free like cap capped at one for that. Um, So yeah, I no longer trust any statisticians anywhere. So that's been thoroughly spoiled for me. On the flip flip side, as we said, this is the most old man yells at Clyde thing (laughs) in the world. I love it. Um, Yeah, on the flip side, as we said, Passavan with twenty seven, and then weirdly chucked in numbers from Trier, who normally do well to get a second guy into double figures. They got 18 from Patrick Dona, 10 from Corey Rossi, and 15 from Valeska Finger, who I have never heard of, and I did not know Finger was a last name. Um, there was a Dutch national team player whose surname was Toes, so they should definitely like team up somehow. Um, outside of that, I have no further observations. You have no further observations. Um, um, yeah, it's funny because the FIBA Live stats and the um, German Wheelchair Basketball Federation website stats are also different, <laughs> which is funny. We're fighting a losing battle here, aren't we? It's saying they got 15 points from... They had 27 from Dirk Passawan, 18 from Patrick Dorner, 10 from Corey Rossi, and 15 for Natalie Passawan. Oh, man. This is, we've got like alter egos and stuff going on here. What Would it be a good bench units exercise to be like one of these games we're just going to sit and take our own stats from start to finish and see how different they are to the like produced ones? Uh, I think we'd have a nice time. It's <laughs> <laughs> just a whole episode of us going through column by column and griping with what had actually been put out there. Yeah, uh, call it, just call it, well, actually. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that would be insufferable. That would be awful. Right. Not shall we move on so that we don't do that? Let's do it. Um, <laughs> shall we touch on the French game that is a mystery to both of us? Uh, well, while we're doing Germany, will we just say Turingia Bulls made a trip to Munsterland, yes, the well-known German wheelchair basketball theme park. <laughs> um, 88-45, not a whole lot to talk about there. Landil, 85-45 against Cologne, not a whole lot to talk about there. Yeah. Cool. Just, just in case anyone actually comes here for scorelines, which they shouldn't, and they should know better by now. They but anyway, should. yes, France. France, so those of you... France, stream your games. Yes. First up, France, stream your games. France, especially stream your games when I've got a dog in the fight because as anybody who listens regularly and prides themselves on listening between the lines may know, I've never had a chance for myself to be avenged truly against Le Puyon Velay and I was relying on Mendel to do that for me. And they did because... Uh, Red Dragons beat Le Puyon Velay 61-58 in what I'm led to believe is a very interesting game. And the video might be made available at some point this week is the best intel we have on that. Um, so yeah, that sucks because why, when there's like four good French teams, why is a game between two of them not being streamed? And yeah, yeah shout out to Red Dragons who took care of business and avenged me um we don't have a whole lot of this in terms of stats or anything but shout out to Ayaka driving from Germany to France to cover this game because when we say French league streamer games I respect anyone who sees that that's not happening and takes the law into their own hands so 
Yeah. Good for you. I think it was like a three hour drive, which is like, I've driven, like we've driven further to play games in England. So it's like not as insane, but when you cross two borders yeah. <laughs> to go there. Um, yeah. Fair play. I, I hope, I, I, I hope it was worth it. it. Yeah. You certainly brought the highlights to us, which was nice. Yeah. So thanks for once again, providing a service. Ayaka. And if the video does come available, um, and people listening to this are interested, which I imagine you would be otherwise. Why would you be listening to this? Um, yeah, keep an eye out for that because I I know not everybody's as into the French league as they are with like Spain possibly, but I'm looking forward to watching that game at the very least. Yeah, so, it should be good. Yeah. Um, it, should be. it should have been good. Yeah. <laughs> it apparently was. It was. Um Get into the weeds grammatically. No, um, let's not. Okay, what else do we need to care about? So, should we? These are a little bit old now, but shall we give some off the dome thoughts on the couple of big games in Spain from last week? Because we didn't do a roundup last week because we were planning guests and there was only like two games to talk about, and we figured we'd roll them all into one in the future. Yes. Okay. Um, yeah, we knew that there was going to be no games this weekend. Um, we didn't. Um, that'd be bad. If we did, we should have told somebody. Okay, yeah. Malaga 68, Mercia 50. Not a whole lot to talk about there. Nope. Last Rosas, we just spoke about that one. Um, uh, Bilbao, we beat via the lead 66-42. And the other two proud. games... Huh? I said, you must be very proud. Yes. Um Yes. Uh, <laughs> it's nice to play again yeah. and immediately stop. That was nice. So, um, the, speaking of stats being out of whack, some of the stats for your guys' game against Vidalid were, like, comical. Oh, yeah. So I played two minutes and David Marie's played 58, which <laughs> is trooper. which is hilarious because, like, we had, like, five guys played most of our minutes and then we made subs, like, mid to the end, like to the end of the third quarter, Lincoln, I'm Mike. just kind of stuck with it. But now as I say, not a whole lot to talk about in either of those games. Linking back to your dad, thinking that old guys playing is impressive, you should st- send him that stat sheet and be like, "Would you look at whatever age David Maurice is playing? Fifty-eight minutes. Yeah, fifty-eight is. It's so funny that like fifty-eight seems like that's like that's less than an hour, but fifty-eight <laughs> minutes of basketball is nuts <laughs> at that level. But Right. Do you want to do Alunion Albacete or Gran Canaria Mediva first? Uh, let's do Alunion Albacete. Alunion Albacete. Alunion, uh, we're missing Terry Bywater and Bill Latham. And I don't know if they're missing anyone else off their bench that I'm leaving out, but I, I imagine that. not because three people missing would have been a cancelled game. Yeah. And on the other side, Lee and Lee Manning and Harry Brown were missing. So um, we, hope everyone involved is doing all right, obviously. Yeah, we only really found out about these absences on the day of the game, but we're outside of hoping everybody is fine and being concerned on that front. We're a little bit annoyed we missed out on the chance for this game to be sponsored by bench units because we thought that would have been very appropriate given the circumstances. Yes, so Elunion, obviously... The thing with Albacete having such firepower means that if you're missing someone like Lee Manning, you're able to just roll out Philipski and Gaz for 40 minutes, which is 
mighty impressive. <laughs> and bad. that's not a, a bad really... starting block on the road to I'm sure we can make this work. Yeah, like that is like there you go. There's the absolute benefit of having the most talented and 40 minute ready yeah. bench player in the world, probably. I don't know if I'm missing anyone. You could say that obviously like depending on what happens with Alunion when they get a full squad and whatever, like, I don't know who's going to end up on the bench there or what the crack is, but they'll have something to say. Lord, but, Lil might argue with you about that as well, but they... Yes, like, actually, that's, a, that's they, also by a design, don't play anyone 40 minutes, so maybe they can't claim that. Yeah, I don't know. But yeah, so that's basically... That was... That, that's their strength yeah. there. Obviously, they're guys that play all the time. Are amazing, but just having that ready to plug and play when something like this happens, especially this season, is mad. Considering Elinion had to roll out um, Danny Diaz, Greg, Warburton, Amadou. Um, I, I love how I'm like surnames, and I'm like now everyone knows everyone: Amadou, Pablo, and Danny Sticks. Um, yeah, like they are. How many points under? (laughs) Quite a few. Uh, Let me figure that. Is Danny Diaz a 4-5 or 4? I always thought he was a 4, but his dump is quite... He's a 4. He's a 4. Yeah. So, 4... They're 13 and a half, so they're a point under. Yeah, that's a point under. And Danny Sticks came out of his box with him, and he was, like, shooting, like, release valve shots from the top of the key a couple of times when he got left open. Like he, yeah, he played well. Sixty-seven percent on those as well. Four from six. That'll that'll do it. Shot well from the free throw line. And I think, obviously, Albacete are gonna just let him do that if he's sitting in the middle. Like there were times that they could have rotated back to him in the middle and just didn't because they were trying to play the numbers. And fair play, man. He knocked them down. It made yeah. a big difference. Yeah, good for him. Man. Um, it was part of the reason that they went up early they were up 11 at one point early which is something like yeah i was like oh here we go yeah i was the same i mean i'd been speaking to ben in the days before and ben i think this was when obviously ben was inside the albacete machine so he knew lee and harry weren't going to be available i had heard it but was like "Ah, i don't know if these are rumors he knew it from their side he didn't know about lee and Bill at that point. Sorry, um Terry and Bill at that point. So yes. he he was like, This is gonna be tough. And then that game started obviously without Terry and Bill. And I was like, Well, this mathematically should be an even-ish game because they're both missing two like heavy contributors. Mm-hmm. And then Illunion went up, and I was like, have, have Albacetti swung too far the other way where they've seen that Terry and Bill aren't there and they're like hey we might have this one then and I think it turned out to just be a hot start from Illunion because I think Danny Diaz hit he was seven of eight for the game apparently but I think he definitely hit three or four shots in like the opening three minutes yeah man he Um, came out and kind of gave them exactly what they needed but I do think as I say like that that's that's kind of emblematic of what I was saying before as well like if you're missing you're missing two guys and one of them you can replace with Philipski. Yeah. Like, there you go. You're doing all right, aren't you? Yeah. Um, so yeah, Albacete just kind of after going down a little bit, 
to start the game. I mean, it was actually an Albacete two-point lead at the end of the first quarter, which seems a bit mad because I remember that initial run. It was like 14-5 Illunion or 14-3 at one point for Illunion. Um, And yeah, Albacete just kind of got control after that first opening stint and never really gave it back. Um, I think that's heartbreaking. Like you're a team that's kind of undermanned in comparison to the other team in terms of you're missing Terry and Bill. You come out and you absolutely like take it to the other team in the beginning. And then like you're up 11 at one point, but you still come in at the start of the, at the the start of the second quarter down. Like that's. Yeah. There must must be a real feeling of what are we supposed to do? (laughs) Um, But yeah, I mean, Filipski with 27, Kyle with 25, another big game from Kyle. Oh, yeah. And, yeah, 12 from Gaz and Chippins from Ben and Oscar and Rubia. So that'll do it. I mean, 79 points when you're missing two of your rotational guys isn't bad going. And like you say, a team missing probably their top two guys is going to struggle to hang with anybody when they give up 79. Yeah. So... Also, I've just seen like random stats. It's fun because it bolds them. So it just draws my eyes to wait. Once Greg had 16 assists, this was very like, obviously you've got, instead of Illunion's thing over the last two years has either been Greg and um, Jake sort of sharing things or occasionally Terry in with either three bigs and a one or Terry and one of those two. But having them just kind of go, okay, Greg, ball in your hands let's go was super cool to see because greg's the man is there, any, 16 assists. is there any word on whether the statisticians from the hamburg game were actually doing this one in albacete i don't know either but now watching the game it was yeah, like no, the ball was in greg's hands enough and they have three bigs flashing into the basket constantly that i would believe it yeah. also did this feel like a nine point game no, but it, it was 13 at the start of the fourth quarter and then Illunion won the fourth by four. That's what I was uh, going to say. Three minutes to go as well. It was 18 and Greg went on like a 9-0 run on his own. Yeah, this was what one, I would say. This like, was one of the not as close as it looked games, I think. Yeah, which is um, tough, man. Like it's, it's just like the new... Like, I, I would have called Albacete to win that game at full strength, but I think it would have been a brilliant game. Yeah. Whereas this was just, you might have, like, it might have been a case of who can more readily replace what yeah. you've the, lost the, out on. This was, a, this was an interesting watch, but from the standpoint of, I wonder who can cobble something together quickest. And that is, like, a fun thing in and of itself, but isn't necessarily what you want when the two best teams in the league collide for one of the probably two or three times this year. No, we're real, we're real wheelchair basketball and sadists that we're like, Hey, I actually enjoy seeing a team that is struggling to piece fives together, like scrap it out in this weird tactical battle rather than I love seeing these guys firing on all cylinders. Also, we're talking about Albacete missing guys and we haven't even considered that Alejandro, Zarzuela is coming back at some point, I hope, and they're going to be even better. Yeah. I, heard, I heard Alejandro was out for the year. Oh, 
from Ben because he had surgery like a week before the season started. Um, oh, I thought it was like the end of the year, not the season. Like I thought it was roughly. All right, I heard I heard the season from Ben, but there's potential that this, you know, things change on this front, don't they? And if it looks like things are looking up, it might be that he gets back. Yeah, know. I don't know why I had the idea in my head that he was going to be playing at some point this season, yeah. but hopefully so. Yeah, that would be his recovery is going if, well, but talking about Zarzuelas, Pablo had 17, and that's quite cool. Yeah, Pablo's been... We actually have a question relating to the Zarzuela twins uh, in the questions that people sent in, so we can probably dive into that in a little bit. Shall, sure. we, do, shall we do the... Um, Madiba Grand Canary again. Yeah, Madiba Grand Canary, that was it. Sure. Um, off you go. What have you got for us? So... I'm just clicking back 18 times because apparently <laughs> I've clicked on everything. Great stalling. It was seamless. Um, Thanks. So, yeah, this one was a little bit insane because you'll probably know this because they're your guys, obviously, but Jorge Sanchez isn't back in Gran Canaria yet. I think he's still in the States. Yeah, I saw on Instagram that he's traveling at, like, so, like, I think he's, like, he put up a story that looked like he was in the airport. Right. Um, safe flight. Hope he gets there safe and sound. Um, them pulling this victory out 67-63 without him is mad. It is. And especially because people in the time you played at Gran Canaria and again this year, everyone who loses to them or has a tough game against them loves peddling the narrative that they're only good because they play to 17 points. And... They um, they were only playing to 15 and a half this time. Well, what points is Raul? Raul's a 2-5 playing as a 1-5. This was the funny thing that I was thinking. Like I was like, wow, and they managed to do that so under points. And then I added it up and I understand that like um, this is not me actually being like, well, actually they're playing to... But I just laughed because I was like, wow, they're playing so far under points. <laughs> they played 2-5, 2-5, and 3-3-5s. Um, yes, yeah, so they That's 15 and a half, yeah, they're a point over anyway, and I understand that they're not because that's not how the reductions work. And Mediva also played with um Charlie Moore playing as a minus 0.5, yeah. so like, yeah, like have, um... the reductions are there for people, but also Mediva were missing Lewis Edwards with um yeah. Joymar, which is massive, yeah. Mediva were missing a couple of their guys. I still would make the argument that. Jorge down to Raul is the biggest drop off of any of these rotational impacts. Um, yeah, considering what Jorge does for that team. Yeah, Madiba um, only played five guys the entire game. Um, one of which I don't know particularly well. His name is here as Jason Betancourt Alvarez. You, you're good at how these Spanish names shake out, I'm never sure. Um, yeah, but he is new in the league and kind of looked inexperienced at times, which is tough having to play 40 minutes in such a big game. Although he shot eight from 14, so shout out to him. Um, yeah, he had a couple of big misses like right under the hoop. He's a giant man, he's huge, he is um, gigantic and could be very good. He just looks a little like inexperienced. And I think there is something to be said about if you're inexperienced against a team that just pings the ball and yeah. and will find sort of open spots like Grand Canaria do. 
you might be in some trouble because yeah. there were a couple of times that he looked just a little bit behind the speed of play. Yeah, he, um, he looked like, even just watching his body language or whatever, he looked like he was watching tennis half the time with the way his head was, like, whipping around. Yeah, um, but he did well, man, considering he, like, doesn't play for them normally. Yeah, like, no, for, they like, threw him in and he did well. Yeah, you can't really ask for... I mean, he was 8 from 14 on the stats here, and then obviously more to it than scoring. And from a scoring standpoint, it was probably not the worst game to debut in because Gran Canaria are collectively pretty small and rely on collective size, which obviously, again, takes a hit going from Jorge to Raul. But yeah, yeah. Like, Jorge Salazar really, really picked up the slack there. He had a great game, 10 from 19, 21 points. He did. And um, rebounds. Big man, like he played, he played a, a good big man game. I'm going to do this now because we've had Rose on. She's a friend of the show. Obviously, I don't know her as well as you do, but there's the whole thing in with the Gran Canaria points thing that people like to get head up about is, oh, well, she plays the role of a two, but she's a three five. It's like she handled the ball the entirety of this game as the primary option. She is a three five. Yes, she, as you pointed out, the points discounts are there for a reason. She's playing against probably the most mobile team in the league, I would have said. Oh, yeah, they absolutely yeah. ran us off the floor. Like, that's most, that is most yeah. collectively mobile team. And she did everything that was asked for and more. So, shout out to Rose because she might have only shot six from 15, but there is few people who go from playing as streamlined of a role as she typically does to stepping up like that and being able to handle it. So anyone who thinks that she's living the sweet life, just shooting catch and shoots can rethink that with some level of urgency. Yeah, man, she's been asked to do a lot more this year and it's, it's cool because she can do it. More importantly, shout out to the phenomenon known as Bathman, AKA Claudio. I love Claudio. I can't believe he managed to play 16 minutes. Um, he also, I, he had like three files immediately. <laughs> I was like, this is exactly what I thought was going to happen, but shot 80%, four from five, plus 15 in his minutes, man. Although this game was just like, Madiba got up 20 to eight early, and I was like, ah, oh, this is this is how this game is going to go. I, d- I didn't know Jorge was out, and I joined this two minutes late, and it was like 16 4 at that point. I was like, well, I'm not even going to bother watching this one. Yeah, it's no. not like I'm not saying that's how it should have gone, but like if you watch this game and you someone was like, hey, first quarter's up, it's 20 to eight, Jorge's missing, and they're playing a point and a half under what they normally do yeah. because of it, you might have been like, oh, that makes sense. Um, but yeah so really fun game to watch lots of backs and forwards and then just kind of the game had its usual thing of someone tries to file phil tried to file to send someone to the line to have a chance of bringing it back and the ref calls an unsportsmanlike and the game's over which i absolutely hate but yeah Yeah. when are we going to get rid of that is a good question yeah um not on board with that. However, it did lead to Luigi Macambo shooting those two free throws to seal the game. And I love Luigi's game primarily because he spent all season being left open because he's like in the typical Gran Canaria lineup. He's the guy that you might want to shoot the most. 
And then the same thing happened when he was playing for France at the Euros and he was like, hey, leave me open, will you? And I think he was eight from 10 in that clinching game against Poland. Um, But he shot those free throws to seal the game and he might be, given the situation of a two-point game or whatever it was at the time, might be the only person to miss a free throw in that situation from being too relaxed. (laughs) (laughs) Most people like ping them hard off the back of the ring because they're so full of juice and adrenaline because they've just been wiped out with an unsportsmanlike foul. And he, I think he made his first one and then was like, hey, that was easy, wasn't it? And just went too soft on the second one. But like, the, nobody I've ever seen in the world has been like, hey, I'll just, like, I'm too chilled out to take this free throw seriously <laughs> in a two. That's funny that, that's funny that you're like, I don't know. I, I'm wondering who would need to shoot a free throw short in that scenario like he did to get criticized (laughs) yeah hey man that they did it um yeah shout out to them especially getting like quiet games from Harry and Raul and Luigi was 50 percent obviously but like yeah seven points which like you would think in a game that you're missing one of your starters you would think you would need everyone to chip in but no I think Jorge Salazar did a lot to sort of bring this one home. But as I say, really tight, really tight game. A couple of things go one way or the other. Yeah. And you never know, but... Good for those guys, man. I look forward to seeing if they can maintain their momentum when Jorge gets back. Hope he doesn't throw off the chemistry they've got with Raul and Claudio filling them in. <laughs> I, think that, I think that team will be just fine for chemistry, having been on the inside. They might be. Um, um, oh, right. Questions? Shall we, do we want to talk about our content ideas at this point and then end with questions? Sure. Okay. So we, well, you stuck up on Instagram. We stuck up on Instagram the other day um, asking a couple of different things about whether anyone would wear a t-shirt that had our stuff on it or um, what else? Um, whether oh. someone would subscribe to a Patreon. Yeah. So We've had some, I think, mostly positive feedback on the merchandise idea, including Amy, who said she'd buy loads and then give them out to people to wear, which I had to explain to her is not how selling merchandise works. Um, well, no, it is if she <laughs> buys them off us. I don't yeah. care. Like, um, But yeah, shout out to Anna, who said she would not wear the T-shirts or any merchandise. Um And yeah, in terms of the Patreon, obviously we have been working since we got on this platform to kind of get our content as streamlined as possible and do regular releases and all the stuff that podcast hosts should do, hence us doing these weekly roundups. Um, So the deal is our situation as it stands right now is we try and get one weekly roundup out a week, which makes four in a month, and then use like alternating midweeks to do... Uh, interviews with whatever guests we can rope in Uh, so that's our six hours for the month filled we're looking at expanding a little bit into still filling our regular six hours for kind of the standard stream which gets through to all the podcast apps that you might listen to us on but we want to bring in some extra stuff be it exclusive guest interviews or kind of deep X's and O's stuff or basketball philosophy, thinking about coaching and, you know, situational play and whatever other deep in the weeds stuff we can churn out. 
So we want to hear from you guys whether what you would like is kind of the deep in the weeds stuff to be in the exclusives and we can save that for the real basketball nerds among you. Um, I know there's a couple of people who said that when we've like asked for content ideas before, we've had a couple of people who do really want to get into the nuts and bolts of things. Or plan B would be that the guys who are kind of regular guests on here, so Mandel, Rose, uh, Yannick, those people who have been on here enough that they're like part of the group, whether we give the regular interviews um, to people like that who are like recurring characters and we save the exclusives for maybe more hard to find guests. So if we were able to pull, for example, Matt's been on here again, but I think Matt's maybe not comfortable enough in terms of there's still a lot more we don't know and we could, you know, definitely get more um detailed how do you get started content out of somebody like that who we don't know as well personally um so if anyone has any opinions on what they think should or shouldn't be behind the paywall and if you would be willing to pay anything from i think one dollar a month as the minimum on patreon although i hope people would be slightly more generous than that um or if not then yeah whatever it's better than no dollars a month like we make currently yes Um, and that's the other thing as well like if you're listening to this and your instinct is genuinely like who do you think you are like it's better that we know that yeah (laughs) um is the other thing but i think it would just be a case of if we crank out the stuff that we've been cranking out and then we add little bits on for the absolute diehards um if anyone was interested in it it'd be cool to do that and obviously that would be stuff if we were doing like deep dives into like certain players or certain teams or whatever that would take way more work and way more research and it would actually like it would take up a lot of our time so it'd be cool to break even because little known fact this it costs money to like to host this podcast online like even now so um, yeah it's just it's something that we wanted to think about doing but I think we're going to, if I, I, if that's if I'm correct, I think we're going to figure out the schedule of what we would do, then stick to it and see how it goes, and then from that figure out where to draw the line and what to put on this side or that side of of it. Um, because yeah. yeah, we want to keep pumping out stuff and we want to make more and more interesting and in depth stuff and. There's going to come a certain point where it's like, why are we doing this for no reason? But um, it, yeah. Um, yeah. So it's basically whether you think anything that we might produce would be worth putting behind some sort of line. And if so, what would you prefer to be there on either side of that? Like, would you rather interviews be public and the real in-depth nerd stuff be on the other side or, one interview each month on either side of the line and or yeah Yeah. like if if the if the if the patreon or whatever it ends up being on just ends up being a club for the absolute diehard weirdos like fine but um but yeah we're just kind of the plan is because obviously we just missed a month and yeah sorry again (laughs) um the plan would be get back into it, get our consistency, lock down our absolute schedule so that you all know that you can depend on us, which would be nice. Um, it's mostly, it's all me. Like it, well, anytime I'm, that we've disappeared I'm, for no reason, it's been my fault. I just want to put that on. I'm disappearing but, for two weeks soon as well. So. But yeah, so 
that's the plan. We're going to try and crank this up like a well-oiled machine, but we're going to try and make so, it a well-oiled machine first. You guys have been really good when we've been putting poles out and stuff, at letting us know, can't steering us in the direction you want us to go in. So if listening to this particular portion of the podcast gives you any ideas about what you do and don't want to hear, please get in touch because obviously we're only going to be doing stuff that there is some level of demand for. We're not going to be putting out, you know, paid only episodes if absolutely nobody has any interest in paying to listen to them. Yeah, um, that would just be us putting places, like putting things that, like putting things out that we've put effort into that no one gets to, which is not what we want. Same way, we're not going to be printing t-shirts if nobody wants them and we just end up giving them to our friends and families for subsequent birthdays and Christmases. I'm into that. I'd love to print exactly two t-shirts. No, Gabs and Anna probably want one as well. Or if they just don't. one. Yeah. Well, I did I did say because my my brother used to be in a band and they used to get their merch printed whenever they went away anywhere. And he was like, Yeah, we just have he's like, I still have a ton in the attic that are like from shows we were gonna do, but then got cancelled for whatever reason. And I was like, Well, if we have any leftover, I was like, You're getting one for your birthday, and then probably the same one again for Christmas. <laughs> I'm gonna repeat that pattern until I've run out of them. <laughs> so <I'll just laughs> sl- slowly pass them on to everyone we know. Um, I love that, but yeah, I'd certainly wear one. That'd be good, good advertising. Um, but yeah, yeah. that that actually be the way to do it. Get a certain amount of t-shirts and just like plant them in high-profile wheelchair basketball players' lives and. Yeah, see if they'd wear it to see I, if people would care about us. I absolutely think handing some freebies out and being like, "Hey, if you're somebody who goes to the Landil games regularly, like take a picture of yourself here wearing." But anyway, we, let's not give away the business plan. Yes. Um, so our plan is to have a business plan. <laughs> no. Um, right. Yeah. So this is, this is our pledge to you. We're going to crank this stuff up a level and like. You're- hopefully going to compensate us to some extent um shall we hit questions uh sure okay so we put out for questions on instagram and i love this and i think it's just because you guys create the content for us rather than the other way around <laughs> but um yeah this has been quite a long one we've cobbled it together so let's do it um are dallas good now remember we said we were going to ask the questions anonymously a while back to see if it encouraged better questions yeah. from people who weren't worried about seeming weird sure should we do that uh, no i think this is an average enough question isn't it all right uh ben fox asked are dallas good now no um <laughs> they're all right they're not gonna but they beat orlando by 16 orlando have eight wins all year and orlando aren't good uh but luca <laughs> getting into it with franz wagner and being like who are you again is great. It wasn't even Franz Wagner because Franz Wagner actually is good. Oh, sorry. Yeah, my Wagner. My bad. Uh, but this is the whole roller coaster of the Ben Fox experience because he's now high on it because Dallas beat Orlando by 16. And then Chris Tapps is going to come back and shoot like six from 17 again. And Ben's going to be like, Dallas are doomed. So yeah, just ask us day by day, Ben, and we'll tell you yes or no accordingly. Sure. Okay, next up. Ayaka asks, when you watch games, do you stop or rewind sometimes? Yes. Yeah, I probably not when watching them live. Um, when 
I think when we used to do a bit more stuff between us, when we used to get ready for games we were playing, we used to do like, or like if we had guests on and we wanted to watch their games, we probably did a bit more of the like frame by frame stuff, but I don't think I really do that now. I do a little bit if I'm like, because if I'm watching like five games in a day to get ready to talk about them on this, yeah. I like look down at my phone every so often. Every so often I'll look up and be like, oh, that was cool. Yeah. What happened there? Or there's a little bit of like, you're kind of tuned in to watch the ball and then something yeah. mad happens weak side. Or if I'm watching my own games, I'll do that a lot because I'll be like, where was the breakdown there? Oh, that's just cool. standard analysis. Yeah, where was I mentally? Because physically <laughs> I was in the wrong place. But yeah, so to answer your question, uh, yes, I rewind games, but generally when you're watching live, nah. Yeah. Um, okay. Could you make an argument for Jordy Ruiz being the best 2.5 in the world right now? I think you could. I think you could because I think by default it is Jake and I don't think you get to hold the crown when you're not playing. Um, I think yeah, that's that's basically it. Like so, yeah, Jordy holds the belt of the two five. Especially like he was a number two guy on the team that won the best league in the world last year. So and he he's I think we've spoken about this away from the podcast, but if Thuringham win the German league this year, Jordy will have won the Italian, Spanish, and. German Cups in back-to-back-to-back years so uh, as a key feature for all of them. So yeah, if that doesn't get you the belt when the other guy who would be a contender for it is sitting out at the moment, I don't really know what does. Yeah, and all the other two fives that might be in or around there kind of don't play consistently enough, I would say. But also he's taken a, talking about consistency, he's taken a big leap in consistency even then, like he had some sort of down games in the Euros, for example, but he also had like some 30s when his team really needed him, which not a whole lot of two fives are giving you, which is cool. So, yeah, I think you can certainly make an argument for him being the best two five in the world right now. I might also make that argument. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, how would you describe the difference between the Zarzuela brothers? What have you got for that? One of them plays for Albacete. One of them plays for Lunion. Um, Thanks. One of the uh, Alejandro either is a foot taller or plays like it. Yeah. One of them That's is playing. Not, right. One of them, it's like Alejandro plays like a center. Zarzuela plays like a power forward in NBA terms. Yeah. Like, just seems bigger, closer to the basket. Like Alejandro is just more effective at what he does for yes. whatever. Pablo, especially in Spain's silver medal around that time. Pablo was pretty big in hitting some outside shots. I've literally never seen Alejandro shoot from outside. Yeah, like outside. yeah it is literally just one is yeah, like one spot closer to the basket most of the time, yeah. which means obviously like massive at finishing inside. Like you play against Albacete when him and Lee are both there and it's, there are two of them. There's not that much of a yeah. difference in... Obviously, like a four, five, two, or three, like Lee's mobility is massive, but they're both very mobile. They're both giants, whereas Pablo's just a very big three. Yeah. Um, but he has a bit more range and like. I think, I don't know what it is about. Maybe it's how you see people defending them differently, but I always get the feeling Alejandro's physically stronger than Pablo is. It just, he seems to overpower people a lot more regularly yeah. whether that's aggression or physical strength i don't know 
Yeah. Um, one of them can shoot free throws without a mental block more efficiently <laughs> than the other one. I know. I think that's kind of not a thing anymore, but there was a while that one of them had real trouble letting the ball go, which is not something that matters, but that just came into my head. Um, and yeah, I hope all the things that we, all the good things we have said about Alejandro are true when he comes back from his, his time out. Um, yeah. Oh, oh, final point on this. They both look like different stops in the career of Manu Ginobili. <laughs> kind of balding. Fair enough. Um, oh yeah, one one of them has just got yeah, full shaved head and the other one hasn't. I'm clinging on to this. <laughs> yeah. Um, this next question sent in. These last couple were by Mendel, by the way. Next one also from Mendel. Who's the best 2.0 for playing close to the basket and why is it James? I don't know if that's necessarily true, but thanks, Mendel. I'm an all right finisher and it's mostly because like it doesn't go in if I'm more than 10 feet away from the basket like ever. Would so... You- would you say the best 2.0 for playing close to the basket is yourself or your teammate, Manu? Manu's a three. <laughs> um, I'm trying to think, like, actual Manu. two. No, it's Simon Ryan. Like, what are we doing here? My um, vote would actually, uh, maybe I'm being, maybe I'm not b- backing you as my co-host here, but following the Europeans, my vote would be Jan Haller because he finished inside a lot. Is uh, he a 2.5? I think he's a two. Oh, oh well then, yeah, Jan Haller and oh, sure. oh, like it's it's Simon Ryan, I think. Like some of his okay. finishes are mad. I I would go Jan personally. Uh, for anyone listening, feel free to correct me if they don't think Jan Haller is a two, but I'm almost certain he is. And I think I wrote about this on the Substack, but Germany had been looking for balance to the Haluski units a lot because Haluski likes to play outside, and both Jens and Jan Haller playing inside and finishing consistently was kind of why Germany have looked a bit better in the last couple of international tournaments. Jens uh, uh, is a 2-5, so he doesn't count. Yeah. Okay. Oh, well then, yeah. So it's, it's not me is what I would like to say, but I, I can I can finish some weird ones for sure. I think I, I, think I get the like... I, I get the, the the bump from some people who see some of the weird ones, but like that makes them forget about just blowing absolutely normal <laughs> ones. Um, but thanks, Mendel. Appreciate it. But yeah. Can you tell us a wheelchair basketball related pun? Nope. I probably can. Um, but I don't know. <laughs> yeah. There's a lot of like stupid like just plays on words with the words like the word wheel and wheelie. But oh, like yeah, no, that's that's not specific enough. So probably, but not right now. How good is Moji, brackets, Hamburg player, scoring 39 points without playing the fourth quarter? We spoke about this earlier. Um, unbelievable. Quite good, depending on how much you trust the stats. Uh, did you watch it? Uh, I've only seen bits of it. I, got this, I think I did the same thing as you. I got this question and then was like, I need to see what was going on here. So I think I probably saw 20-odd of his points, but he was just slotting them away. Yeah, man. He was very good and very efficient. Uh, yeah. But he, he's also been good for ages because, like, Iran obviously went to Tokyo without probably their four key rotational guys. Yes. And um, Which was so mad. <laughs> like... Yeah. Moji and I can't remember the other guy's name. Uh, Sayari, maybe? 
they had two guys who were putting up like 20 plus points in every game. So I don't think him having a hot game and getting to nearly 40 is like out of the question. It's just that's probably the top end of his performance I've ever seen. Yeah, he was unbelievable. Uh, I hope he continues to go mad. Like I just, I want every team to have 95 all the time. (laughs) Everyone loves offense. I hope he gets his teammates more assists than is mathematically possible because that is pretty impressive. That's how good he was, Mendel, to answer your question. (laughs) All right, uh, next question. If you could replace all the grass in the world with something else, what would it be? Um... I don't know. I don't feel... I've never had strong enough feelings about grass to feel like it all needs... Yeah, to... you have plastic grass in your black no, in your the, back garden, the, you cretin. There you go, fake grass. <laughs> That's why uh, my answer would be something more easily digestible because I think that would solve a lot of problems. Yeah. Um, that, yeah, that would mean that like people who were struggling for food could just go to a golf course because the golf courses are completely unnecessary um (laughs) did you know did you you know that there's more land in the i don't know if this is true i read somewhere that there's more land in the uk covered by golf courses than by social housing that's right which is a disgrace and it's all just because men can't ask other men to go for a walk and talk about their feelings (laughs) (laughs) um i do think though it's because i always think from growing up in the middle of nowhere with animals roaming around, I always find it bizarre that like horses, cows and sheep eat grass and are fine to walk around on it. Whereas if you replaced like all the grass in the world with lentils, like people would absolutely not be walking on it underfoot and then just stopping for a snack. Yeah. So Ah, they're probably more well equipped to digest grass than we are. Or do you mean the sort of, social thing of like hey you can't step on it and then yeah like, uh, would you want it if the let's say for argument's sake all the grass was replaced by lentils would you want to eat the lentils that you didn't know how many people had walked on that day uh, if you buy lentils in the shop do you know where they've come from uh no but you also haven't seen anybody tread on them uh, that's yeah that's a good point um yeah i think i'd be fine am i allowed to wash them and cook them <laughs> Well, yeah, but at that point it stops being convenient. <laughs> yeah, but like eating raw lentils doesn't solve anyone's problem anyway, I would say. But anyway, uh, good question. Um, uh, my first answer was like something really expensive, like diamonds, and then I realized they'd lose all value. Never mind. Yeah, that's how inflation works, I think. Um, bouncy castles? No. Um, can blind people see in their dreams? I think if at any point they had sight, probably. And I, I think if not, probably not. If you'd been blind from the moment you were born and you could see things when you were asleep, it would freak you out. Also, yeah. <laughs> Imagine it just happened once at some point and you were like, ah. <laughs> you, would, you wouldn't be able to see. Well, I imagine you couldn't see things because you wouldn't know what anything looked like. Yeah, but, uh, that was my thing. Like, Because yeah. this has gone based off the anecdotal thing that any face that is in your dream is a face that you have seen with your own eyes while awake at some point. So I imagine everything else is also something that you've seen and understood yeah. in your conscious um, mind or subconscious mind. I don't know. You, you say that about the um, only dreaming once would be super scary, but I've got my whole thing where I can't smell and I've had one breakthrough in that in my entire life where I like got a good whiff of some kind of salt and vinegary smell. 
And I, that happened once when I was like 14 and it's never happened again since. So maybe that is possible. I don't know. It might be. Um, I don't know. Next up, if a Smurf starts to choke, what color does it become? Uh, it doesn't. They're not real. Uh, we'll, <laughs> we'll say a different color of blue just for toxic, a darker blue. Depending on how long it chokes for, maybe some kind of gray. Yes. Um, Eventually it will return to dust. Yeah. <laughs> Do penguins have knees? Yes, apparently. Oh, so yeah. <laughs> well, They're just tucked up inside, which is super weird and pointless. What? Yeah. What you see on knees if they're like stored somewhere. It's like keeping a fold out ladder in a space where it can't fold out and then trying to use it there. Um uh no, they're they're not like they're like in their feathers, they're not like oh, right, okay. inside their bodies. Okay. But yeah, they're just covered. So it looks like looks like when someone's wearing a big long coat, basically. Like <laughs> like the Arsene Wenger coat. Um so yeah, thanks for those questions. On that note, because that yeah. seems like the natural stopping point of this podcast. Yes, I don't know where we would possibly go after this. So <laughs> I'll go I'll go to bed. <laughs> right. Let's call it a day then. Thank you for listening, everybody. We hope this has been insightful and get back to us with some ideas about what you would and wouldn't pay for. Uh, Yes. Also, any content ideas, anything you want to hear us talk about, anyone you want to hear us talk to. Or if you're someone who's listening to this, who wants to come on and chat, we'll probably have you if you're anyone wheelchair basketball related at all oh i thought you're just gonna leave it at if you're anyone and then that'd leave some really hurt feelings if we had to shoot anyone down yeah actually no i know our bar is a little bit higher than that just for the sake of saving anyone's feelings who messages in us and we don't get back to them like i don't think that's actually true yeah. sorry cool. <laughs> right thank you very much everybody we look forward to being in your ears again sometime soon with or without a guest physically Yes, Um, I got very close to the microphone there. Could you tell? All right. Yeah. Thank you very much for listening, guys. Peace. Have a good week. Bye.